Welcome, podcast listeners. We have a fantastic episode for you today. Last year, when we published The Best Investment Writing, Volume 2, we offered authors the opportunity to record an audio version of their chapter to be released as a segment of the podcast. And listeners loved it. This year, we're bringing you the entire volume of The Best Investment Writing, Volume 3, in podcast format. You'll hear from some of the most respected money managers and investment researchers all over the world. Enough from me. Let's get to our guests and let them take over this special episode. Hi, this is Mike Philbrick. I'm co-founder and president of Resolve Asset Management. Resolve manages global systematic strategies, harnessing a wide variety of factor premia, coupled with the power of true diversification and risk management. Resolve manages ETFs, mutual funds, and hedge fund structures, both in the U.S. and globally. To learn more about Resolve, you can find us at www.investresolve.com, and you can find our latest research and commentary on our blog at investresolve.com blog. I'm now going to read one of our popular blog posts entitled Diversification, What Most Novice Investors Miss About Trend Following. Diversification, What Most Novice Investors Miss About Trend Following. Trend Following for the Masses. In his 1998 second edition of Stocks for the Long Run, Jeremy Siegel added a chapter called Technical Analysis and Investing with the Trend, where he explored the simple trend rules to time the U.S. stock market. In the chapter, Dr. Siegel revealed that the simple trend-following strategy produced similar returns to a strategy of buying the index and reinvesting the dividends over the very long run, but with less portfolio volatility and smaller maximum peak-to-trough losses. To this day, many novice investors and advisors make use of this simple trend rule to try and time exposure to stock markets. The 200-day moving average that Dr. Siegel explored and many other market timers and trend traders have been using for decades is perhaps the most closely watched indicator. With the introduction of liquid ETFs tracking major equity indices, it's a simple matter for any investor to own stocks when the major indexes trade above their simple moving average, but cut and run when they break below. While novice investors typically stumble onto the concept of trend following in the context of stock market timing, professionals know that trend following is not about using trends to time one or two individual markets. Modern professional trend followers often trade dozens of futures markets across equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, and more obscure markets, even things like carbon offsets. In fact, professionals have long understood that the key to success with trend following, which most novice investors overlook, is diversification. In the preface to Michael Covell's classic book, Trend Following, Larry Haidt, one of the original market wizards, offered this story about the importance of diversification in trend following. In my early days, there was only one guy I knew who seemed to have a winning track record year after year. This fellow's name was Jack Boyd. Jack was also the only guy I knew who traded lots of different markets. If you followed any one of Jack's trades, you never knew how you were going to do. But if you were like me and actually counted all of his trades, you would have made about 20% a year. So that got me more than a little curious about the idea of trading futures markets across the board. Although each individual market seemed risky, when you put them all together, they tended to balance each other out and you were left with a nice return with less volatility. Larry's insight 
was the only way to achieve consistent results is to trade markets across the board. At the time, Larry was referring to the Chicago Board of Trade, which housed trading for most of the major commodity and futures markets. Now futures are traded on a wide variety of exchanges and investors are no longer constrained to trading commodity futures. But the same lesson holds true as it did four decades ago when Larry Height began his trading career. That is, if you trade just one market, you never really know how you're going to do. But if you're trading markets across the board, you have a good chance of earning a nice return with less volatility. Trend following on a single equity index. Many novice investors and advisors choose to apply trend following concepts to time stock market indices. More than anything, this probably reflects the public's preoccupation with stocks. But some analysts also argue that investors should focus on equities because they have the largest risk premia. This completely misses the point. The highest risk premia argument only holds for small investors who, despite overwhelming headwinds, insist on managing their own portfolios and for investors who do not understand the capital market line. Remember, the goal for most investors is to maximize their return at a level of risk that they can bear. Investors have many options to achieve different rates of return. Typically, as an investor seeks higher levels of return, he is encouraged to take on greater exposure to the equity risk premium. However, this is not the only way to achieve higher returns. The capital market line. Following on the work of Harry Markowitz and Jack Trainer, Bill Sharp published a 1964 treatise titled Capital Asset Prices, a theory of market equilibrium under conditions of risk which described a method for investors to achieve higher returns without sacrificing diversification. He proposed that an investor with typical preferences regarding the trade-offs between risk and return would prefer to hold an efficient, diversified portfolio at all times. Investors who can tolerate higher risk in pursuit of higher returns would borrow money to invest in more units of this diversified portfolio. This is preferable to moving out the efficient frontier into portfolios with increasing concentrations of stocks. Consider figure one in the report, which describes an efficient frontier. In this case, it's in dark blue and the capital market line in red derived from the recently published asset return premia and correlation estimates from a major institution also referred to in the report. Again here, emerging market stocks are expected to produce the highest returns, while foreign bonds have the lowest expected return. The portfolio that is expected to produce the maximum return per unit of risk, i.e. the maximum sharp ratio portfolio, is highlighted with a red point on the chart and is found at the point where the capital market line intersects the efficient frontier. I will leave it to listeners to go refer to the report to see the actual chart. But let's examine the case where a growth investor wishes to maximize his rate of return given that he can tolerate 15% annual volatility consistent with the historical risk character of a 70-30 global stock high-grade bond portfolio. Under typical conditions, this investor would be forced to push out the efficient frontier and take on a concentrated portfolio of equity markets. Figure two describes the composition of this portfolio. 
given the capital market assumptions above, to achieve the highest return possible at no more than 15% volatility would require that he hold 29.4% in long treasuries, 18% in Asian stocks, and 52.6% in emerging stocks, since this is the most efficient portfolio at the 15% volatility level. This portfolio would be expected to earn 4.8% annual excess return, highlighted with the gold point on the efficient frontier in figure one. Now let's talk about leveraging the diversified portfolio. Now consider an investor who is liberated from the no leverage tyranny imposed by the efficient frontier. He can choose to own the more diversified mean variant optimal portfolio described in figure three and borrow with margin or futures or other derivatives to purchase more units of the portfolio using leverage until he achieves his target volatility. Again, given our working capital market assumptions, this portfolio would be dominated by emerging bonds, long treasuries, and Asian stocks. Figure three shows the maximum sharp ratio portfolio. Leverage is a foreign concept for many novice investors, but readers with an open mind will recognize that by using a prudent amount of leverage to invest in the maximum sharp ratio portfolio, they can now take advantage of investments that earn their premium during very different market environments and from diverse economic regions. The concentrated equity investor would only expect to earn attractive returns during periods of sustained economic growth, benign inflation, and abundant liquidity. However, the maximum sharp ratio portfolio in figure three contains treasury bonds, which are designed to benefit during deflationary growth shocks, emerging bonds, which would benefit from an increase in credit quality among emerging companies, as well as the potential for currency tailwinds and equity markets from around the world. Aside from the benefits of broader diversification, the choice to leverage the maximum sharp ratio portfolio in figure three provides an opportunity to earn 6.45% excess return, a full 1.65 percentage points more per year than the investor can expect to achieve by moving out the efficient frontier. This point is also highlighted on the capital market line in figure one. To close the loop, Investors who focus their trend trading on equity indices because the equity risk premia is of a larger magnitude than other premia are missing the point. Under reasonable assumptions about the general relationship between risk and return, a diversified portfolio will produce considerably greater returns per unit of risk. When scaled up the capital market line using prudent amounts of leverage, this leads to higher absolute returns, period, than a concentrated position in equities. Of course, the benefits of diversification grow in proportion to the number of alternative sources of return that are available. Diversification is key. The more diversification, the bigger the impact. The key is diversification. Notwithstanding the benefits of diversifying into uncorrelated markets outside of equities, many investors start their investment journey with a myopic focus on equities. Upon discovering the benefits of trend following, they often spend years applying the techniques to time one single major stock market, such as the S&P 500 or their local market. In this section, 
we will continue to focus on equity market trend following. We'll examine the performance of the representative trend following strategy applied to 15 global stock market index futures. First, we'll observe the performance of the trend strategy when applied to individual markets. Then we'll demonstrate the monstrous advantage that is available from trading a diversified strategy of equity indices. Finally, we'll expand our horizon to include assets outside of equities and unleash the true potential of diversified multi-asset trend following. Trend following on individual stock index futures. First, we examine the distribution of trend following performance when applied to individual equity index futures relative to the performance that can be achieved by trading a diversified basket of equity index futures. To keep things simple, we examine the performance of a single moving average trend trading strategy based on the 200-day or 10-month look-back horizon. The strategy will hold a market long when its price is above the moving average and exit when the price falls below. Let's first observe the growth profile of our toy trend strategy when it is applied to futures tracking several major equity market indices around the world. Figure 4 plots the growth trajectories for each equity index future market. The S&P 500 futures started trading in 1983 and other markets were introduced over time. To account for the fact that some markets have less time to compound because they come into existence later, we bring each market into existence at the current level of the S&P 500 strategy. Thus, the terminal value for each strategy in figure four offers a meaningful, indicative, and relative performance comparison. I leave it to listeners to check out figure four in the report. There is a large dispersion in results across markets. Japanese investors trading the topics or the Nikkei fared much worse than Finnish or Swiss investors trading the exact same strategy. In fact, the worst strategy grew $1 to just over $2 in 35 years while the best strategy turned $1 into over $16. Perhaps surprisingly, while the trend strategy improved risk-adjusted performance relative to buy-and-hold strategies for the major equity indices, investors in Commonwealth countries, i.e. UK, Canada, and Australia, experienced lower absolute and risk-adjusted returns by following trends. In our toy example, if the investor chooses to run a trend-following strategy on one equity index, he has equity assets to choose from. Thus, he must make a choice. Assuming the investor chose one equity index to trade at random, the best estimate of the investor's performance is the median performance among all the strategies. Importantly, it is the median that matters to the one investor who chooses just one strategy, not the mean because the investor can only live one life and has chosen not to take advantage of the law of large numbers. A diversified global equity index trend following strategy. What many investors miss is that absent extremely confident views about which market will outperform in the future, investors are better off trading all the markets at once. Again, here we're coming into the across the board. Let's consider a more humble investor that is focused on investing in equities, but cannot decide which market or markets to trade. Instead, he chooses to trade all of the equity index assets as part of a diversified strategy. The portfolio 
quantity in figure five reflects the performance of his diversified strategy relative to the median strategy that we just mentioned in the previous paragraph. Critically, the diversified strategy benefits from the fact that the returns from each of the individual strategies are not perfectly correlated. In other words, they diversify one another. Figure 5 compares the sharp ratio of the diversified trend strategy, which trades all equity markets, against the median performance of the trend strategies over the 15 equity index futures. An investor choosing a market to trade at random would have expected to experience a sharp ratio of about 0.45, while an investor who traded all the markets as a diversified trend strategy system would have achieved a sharp ratio of 0.76. The difference between the median and the portfolio performance is the bonus that an investor accrues from taking advantage of diversification. Astonishingly, investors who choose to diversify would have produced a 1.69 times the return per unit of risk relative to an investor trading one random market. This diversification bonus is so large that the portfolio strategy surpasses the risk-adjusted performance of all but one of the individual strategies, which means that an investor would have had to be better than 93% accurate in choosing which index to trade in advance in order to achieve better performance than one could have generated from simply diversifying across all of them. For those focused on U.S. stocks, it's worth noticing that the diversified strategy dominated trend following on the S&P 500. With a sharp ratio of 0.51, the 0.76 sharp ratio of the diversified strategy dominates the S&P 500 trend following strategy by almost 50%. Figure 5 shows the marginal sharp contribution from diversified long flat trend trading across equity markets versus the median performance for individual markets. Now let's move on to diversification in bonds, currencies, and commodities. We mentioned above that the concept of diversification extends, obviously, to other asset classes besides equities. The fact is, it rarely pays to focus your efforts on any one market in any one asset class. Let's expand our domain of analysis to include six bond futures, seven currency futures, and 20 commodity futures. Figure six describes the diversification bonus from choosing to trade all markets in each category rather than trading any single one. The commodity asset category provides a particularly interesting case study. Long flat trading based on a simple 200-day moving average has not been a particularly profitable strategy for individual commodity markets over the past few decades. The median sharp ratio for trend strategies across the 20 commodity markets is just 0.24. However, commodity markets are generally uncorrelated with one another, which means that there is a large advantage to running even relatively ineffective strategies across the board. Incredibly, an investor would have achieved 2.29 times the return per unit of risk relative to an investor trading in any one random commodity index market. In figure six, we show the marginal sharp contribution from diversified long flat trend trading across the major asset categories 
versus the median performance by individual market within each asset category. Now we can demonstrate the full power of diversified trend following. Now that we've quantified the diversification bonus for investors who are concentrated in any one asset category, we conclude by expanding the trend strategy to trade all assets from all categories at once. This is obviously where the rubber hits the road since professional trend followers use all of the instruments at their disposal to achieve the largest diversification bonus possible. Figure 7 describes the gargantuan bonus available to investors who understand the power of combining trend following with diversification across all major asset categories. It's shocking to see that diversification alone can transform many individual strategies with low sharp ratios on their own into a diversified strategy with long-term performance that rivals even the most successful markets and hedge funds. Figure 7 shows the marginal sharp contribution from the diversified long flat trend trading strategy across all markets versus the median performance by individual market. I leave it to listeners to go and actually look at the paper. In summary, for natural reasons, many novice investors and advisors try to harness the power of trend following to trade their favorite equity index. But this misses the point. By trend trading a single index, investors are extremely vulnerable to the probability of choosing an equity market with low forward returns and unproductive trends, or both. The true benefit of trend following is only realized when investors take advantage of the extreme liquidity and diversity of global futures markets to trade a wide range of markets across all major asset categories. Our analysis shows that an investor would have achieved more than double the risk-adjusted performance of a median equity trend strategy by trading a diversified strategy across many diverse markets. Traditionally, many diversified futures funds were only available to qualified investors. This barrier has been lifted over the past few years with the introduction of liquid alternatives as several private funds have been converted to trade as traditional mutual funds. Catalyst and rational funds have been especially active in making top future strategies available to everyone. Even better, gains on futures receive favorable tax treatment, and futures funds are often extremely capital efficient. We do cover capital efficiency in some of our other articles. Thank you very much. And this has been a reading of diversification, what most novice investors miss about trend following.